volatility, uncertainty, complexity. This is the work environment that is our reality. What will leaders need to know to be successful in the future? Who will they need to be to build team member commitment? How will they need to show up to create a motivating environment for their people? Welcome to the Sal Sylvester on the Future of Leadership podcast, a dialogue about how leaders will need to adapt to be successful in a rapidly changing world. And now, please join your host and executive producer, Sal Sylvester, to engage in the conversation about the future of leadership and how to transform people into confident leaders. It's Saturday morning, March 14th, and everything feels like it's in upheaval. Here in Boulder, Colorado, school systems are closing, offices are making work from home mandatory, and people are canceling travel. On top of that, there's an oil crisis going on between Russia and Saudi Arabia, and the stock market is in complete turmoil. If you think this feels a little bit chaotic right now, you are not alone. I'm feeling called personally to do my small part during this global crisis to help leaders. Because I know that it's ultimately leadership in every sector of society, from small and large businesses to nonprofit and government, that will help us resolve the current global crisis and move us forward. So, to that end, we're interrupting season two of Sal Sylvester on the Future of Leadership podcast, where we've been focused on organizational and cultural alignment. Instead, we're going to focus the next few episodes on providing leaders with a few tangible and actionable tools that can help during these critical times. So today, we're going to focus on communicating effectively during a crisis. And at the end of the podcast and on our website, you'll find a downloadable template to help you create intentional and on-purpose communication through this and any future crisis that you or your organization may face. Please share it with others, with leaders, with friends, with organizations, because together, we can make a difference. All right, so let's get into it. So part of what contributes to the noise and instability during significant periods of uncertainty is haphazard communication from leaders. A few tweets or offhanded comments, pictures of empty shelves showing up on social media feeds, and the unnerving sense of an invisible airborne threat, and suddenly we're buying dozens of rolls of toilet paper and gallons of hand sanitizer. You may have seen on one of my recent blog posts I spent 17 years on the mountain rescue team and just retired this year. One of the strategies I learned early in my time on the team was a mantra that we would use on the way to missions. Their emergency is not my emergency. And it was meant to keep me grounded in the present, to stay calm, to get focused. It was really meant to help ensure that when I arrived on scene, I could perform effectively, I could collaborate efficiently with my team members and operate with the right level of urgency, but never frenetically. During any time of unusual uncertainty, leaders have to communicate with intention, period. Pat Reisner, a recent guest on this show, has led global organizations through major crises. And in a recent episode, Pat shared advice on how to lead through crisis. Here's what he said. Pat, you've also led previous organizations through major change efforts, demergers, catastrophic events in business. What's your insight or advice on how leaders need to be able to bring those chaotic moments back in under a 
better sense of control or security, if you will. How do you lead through big change like that? There's there's several elements to it. The one simple high level one that I think is most critical is in times like that, you have to find a way and prioritize as a leadership team to just spend more time with your people. There has to be more face time and it needs to be in ways, both formal and informal, where you can listen. You know, at times you've just, you just have to, to be out there with your team providing context thinking there's got to be a relentless effort to provide context that you can. In many of yeah. those instances, there's only so much you either know or can provide, but relentless about providing the context that you can and listening mm-hmm. and engaging and listening to your people. So that has to be stepped up, you know, an order of magnitude in those, in those crisis situations. The other, I think, is it's important as a leader not to be aloof or disconnected with the reality of the situation, but to some extent there needs to be some, you know, in the way in which you engage people, a sense of calm, being able to create Mm -hmm. a sense of calm and seeing in a leader that, that we actually can get in front of this. Part of the role of the leader, I think is helping the workforce gain some sense of control and some sense that there is a way through this and some sense of, where the light at the end of the tunnel is. I think the the other one is you need to simplify mm-hmm. to the fullest extent you can. You've really got to take unnecessary work. You've got to take things that aren't really contributing to solving the problem at hand. You have to eliminate that. You have to take yeah. that out of the business and really significantly simplify the world of everyone involved so they can focus on on the things that matter most on themselves and their family and their well-being, but also on solving the the great problems and coming up with the the ways in which you need to work through that. Last thing I'll say, transparency to the fullest extent possible and honesty and integrity. So it can erode trust at times when you're in those situations and ultimately being as transparent as you can, as timely with that information and as open and honest as you can is Given the advice that Pat just shared, I want to offer a practical and tangible tool to help you and your leaders and team communicate with intention and purpose. It's based on our aim change model. Step one is align. Step two is inspire. Step three is measure. All right, so let's explore the model. Again, this is a communication model to help you communicate intentionally and on purpose in any situation, but especially when leading a crisis. All right, so let's explore step one, align. And really the focus of this step is to immediately bring stability to the system. And we do that by getting clear on what our messaging will be. So the first question to answer is, what is the ideal outcome to the current situation that you're driving toward? We have to start with outcomes first. In the Army, we used to issue mission orders every time we'd go out on a mission so that we could always ensure our troops understood what we were doing and what we were up against. And in those orders, there was a statement called the commander's intent. The purpose of that statement was to make sure that everyone understood the intent or the vision for that mission, because if they understood the intent, they were much more likely to be able to make decisions in the face of ambiguity. So if you're taking drastic measures with your office or making mandatory 
work from home closures, maybe that vision statement, that first outcome statement that you should be focused on is related to remaining productive in difficult times or working together through the situation or maybe the outcome is related to flattening the curve so that people understand the higher purpose of why we're making these drastic measures. Ultimately, people need to understand the outcome and the reason for the outcome. They have to understand why. The second part of the align step is to define the emotions you want people to feel. People rarely change based on logic and fact alone. And we as leaders have to be clear about the emotions that we want to help generate in our messaging and through our communication. So maybe what your intent is to create a sense of calm. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's to create a sense of urgency to get people to move and to help us all flatten the curve. Maybe you want to instill a sense of confidence that we can get through this together. Whatever that emotion is, get clear on the emotion that you want to generate in your communication because it's ultimately that emotion that is going to move people toward that ultimate outcome that you're driving toward. The third component of this first step in the align phase is to identify up to three messages that will help you align and stabilize the situation. And the purpose of this step is to share it with leaders at every level in your organization so that they can help cascade consistent messaging to everybody, ultimately helping to bring more stability to the environment. So if you're on an executive leadership team, make sure that you get clear on the top three messages and that your extended leadership team, maybe those leaders at the level beneath you, understand what those messages are so that they can cascade those messages in their all hands or in their team meetings. The final component, if you will, of step one is to create your actual communication plan. So here you want to leverage every vehicle possible to communicate what you know, communicate what you don't know, and the ideal outcomes and strategies that will help everyone move forward. The key pitfall in this stage is to avoid under-communicating, especially during a crisis. All right, so let's move on. That was step one, which is really about alignment, aligning your people and stabilizing the system. Step two is about inspiring people through short-term wins and recognition. So we don't know how long this crisis is going to last. We don't know if it's 30 days, 90 days, 120 days, or maybe even longer. So we have to do two key things as leaders. Number one, we have to design and engineer visible wins and improvements that will generate momentum and continue to stabilize the situation. So you as a leader have to literally think about what early wins can you create by when and what's the plan to make it happen and who's going to lead the effort in making that happen. So it might be as simple as hey, everyone working remote gets their technical systems up and they're all online within seven days. Or maybe it's, we just conducted our first team meeting or our first all hands meeting virtually and it was successful. The concept here is that we have to find ways to win along the way to give everyone a sense of connection and that they're moving forward toward the bigger picture together. The second component of step two, the inspiration phase, is to inspire people through short-term wins, but also through recognition. So we've got to create a reward and recognition plan, literally identifying what do we need to recognize throughout this crisis? Who needs to be acknowledged? How will we acknowledge them? 
and by when. So this is a great time to continue to recognize when people are operating in alignment with your organizational values and culture, and when they model behavior that's aligned with what we want to see during this crisis. The final step in this process, step three, is to measure and communicate results. What gets measured gets done, right? And at the end of the day, we're all still running businesses. So keep measuring the core components of what you would normally measure in the business if everyone was in the office. And you may identify other items that the team will achieve and by when during the crisis. Don't forget to think through how you're going to communicate ongoing results. And in the case of many businesses today, those ongoing results are going to be communicated through virtual channels and methods. So those are the three steps for communication in a times of crisis. Very simple process, but it'll help make your communication intentional. Step one, align everyone and bring stability back to the situation through clear vision and communication plan. Step two, inspire people through short-term wins and having a solid reward and recognition plan in place. Step three, measure your results. Again, you can find a template for all of that Share it with your team, share it with your leaders, share it with other organizations, because it's going to be really critical for all of us as leaders to get aligned and to win here together. All right, some final thoughts. True leaders step up during times of crisis, period. They communicate with intention. They operate with a reasonable level of urgency. We can all get through this and we can do it together. Find small ways, find big ways to contribute to your community because we collectively are going to be the ones that make it happen. In Denver, I'm going to give you a great example. Brian Leach, the CEO of Ibotta, one of our clients, is leading a coalition of 37 tech CEOs and business leaders in Denver and Boulder. And together, they are speaking with one voice about the steps they believe all tech CEOs and leaders of professional services firms should take to protect the most vulnerable members of our community and society. Here's what they're doing. They're very clear with this messaging. Number one, first, they're strongly encouraging the majority of our workers to work from home as soon as possible, leaving behind the minimal possible number of people in the office. Number two, they're restricting work travel for their employees, both domestically and internationally. They are strongly advising their employees to be thoughtful about all personal travel, particularly where they would be congregating in large groups. Their third point, they are moving all clients, visitors, and interviews to remote-only meetings and not currently welcoming on-site visitors. Fourth point, wherever possible, they are strongly encouraging our vendors, service providers, partners, businesses to take similar precautions. Their fifth point, they are each consulting with their teams to find ways of supporting their local healthcare workers by helping to purchase critical medical resources such as additional tests and protective equipment, and supporting the work of local nonprofit organizations that are helping at-risk communities who will be severely impacted by this pandemic. Their final point in their messaging, finally, they are calling on government officials and other business leaders to restrict large group gatherings, including the largest entertainment venues along the Front Range. This is a phenomenal example of how leaders can come together for a higher purpose, align their messaging, and communicate effectively through crisis. I hope that you'll consider taking on these six points that this great coalition of Denver-based executives are taking on with their businesses. 
Let's all do our part. Let's all move forward together. I'm Sal Sylvester. I'm out. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Sal Sylvester on the Future of Leadership podcast. You can get session notes on our website at 512solutions.com. That's the numbers 512solutions.com. Please follow and like the podcast on iTunes or wherever you're tuning in. And if you want to learn more about how we can help transform your people into confident and action-oriented leaders, please check out our website at 512solutions.com. I look forward to continuing the conversation about the future of leadership. I'm out.